Uh, any final thoughts, Halterman, for you? Because the next time we touch on these guys, that sounds weird. The next time we come back to you guys, I won't be touching any guy. Okay. Uh, what? Any final thoughts for next week? I'm just gonna stay quiet and say thanks everybody for watching. <laughs> You're not touching guys with the beer stuff. No. There were these two racing dudes named Aaron and Jerry. On this team, we fight for that itch. On this team, we tear ourselves and everyone else around us to pieces for that itch. We claw with our fingernails for that itch. Because we know when we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. They're off. In the Breeders' Cup Classic. They're off in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. Off in the long scene Breeders' Cup Curve. They're off in the Breeders' Cup Sprint. They're off in the long scene Breeders' Cup Distaff. What is up? I'm Jared Welch. He's Aaron Halterman. This is Blinkers Off. What's up, dude? I don't know what that. I just clicked the first like <laughs> video. Uh, I saw Breeders' Cup, and I was like, "Hey, what's you know?" I, and I hadn't seen that one yet. So I, I tell you what, Magic has been busy with the video stuff. He he had a new uh, surprise when we played uh, the Dudes Who Bet Sports uh, theme song on Monday. It was new. The video was, and so I saw he, that. He's been very very busy. And as you see, that our graphics department looks like they've been very busy as well. Look at this. This looks very good. Look at that. It's almost like uh, we know what we're doing <laughs> these days. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Uh, welcome everybody. Uh, to Blinkers Off, thank you everybody tuning in live with us, and of course, this is the week, uh, like kind of like Breeders' Cup Eve, so to speak. This is, pre-entries are out, uh, you know, we kind of, nothing huge, uh, major surprising as far as the pre-entries go, we're gonna go through those races one by one tonight, uh, but you know, this is like the last, this is it, this is the, the last kind of before shit is this next week is just, I mean, it's already insane for us, but I mean, in, ter in terms of like, once we have uh, the draws, uh, of course, final entries come out on Monday, draws later on that day. That's it. We have the week to really study and uh, try to pick up some winners. I mean, this is, this is definitely almost upon us. Finally, I I've gotten sick of talking about this after a while. It's like, my God, can we just run these races? Uh, yeah. I thought the pre-entries were, you're right. They're not a lot of, uh, surprises here but I, I it was so nice to finally get the european horses they're coming that, yeah, that's a big thing when you when you talk about these turf races you just never really know until you know who's actually coming over so now we've got a good feel for it and uh I, i've been diving into this for two straight days now 
So I feel uh, pretty prepared to talk about it. I mean, there's a lot of European runners that look really, really good, in my opinion, uh, that we'll talk about tonight. Yeah, we had a, uh, I believe it was a record number of overseas, 56 overseas. And uh, like you mentioned, you know, 26 of those were, you know, Great Britain, of course, Ireland, France, you know, Argentina, Peru, South Africa. There's a couple of those. But obviously, Great Britain, you know, uh, the GB that you guys see next to a horse's name, bunch of those uh, coming over here uh, in Ireland, of course, as well. So those are the big ones coming over. And yeah, again, like you just don't know, especially like you said, those juvenile turf races, it makes it so hard to, to figure out. And it kind of threw us off when, you, when we were, you know, we were back and forth trying to figure out what the hell the order of the races were. And they have the juvenile turf as the last race on Friday. Uh, rather than, of course, what we're used to seeing is, of course, the TVG juvenile. And yeah, if you see that, it, that is correct. Uh, we, we've double, triple, uh, quadruple checked. We checked with the Breeders' Cup. And yes, it's... So that's going to be the last race. Kind of interesting. Uh, uh, what were your thoughts on why they did that? Got me. <laughs> I, I, I mean, why don't we run the Classic as the second to last race, too? I, I, you know, on Saturday. I don't know. You tell me. I thought that was the, the weirdest thing I've ever seen. I kept trying to figure out, like, if it was about betting, you know, like, some, you know, if you wanted to well, move. You know, that was my first thought, but there's no difference in betting between what race is ninth and what race is 10th. No, it's all the same. I, I have no earthly idea why they would do that. Magic came up with some kind of uh, educated guess that maybe they needed the, or maybe this is again, total guess, but you know, if there was, you know, give the, the, the turf more time to get ready for the next turf versus having back to back turf races like they normally do whatever um it's it doesn't seem like a major deal but yeah i when we saw it we thought there's no way that's right there's no it can't be right i mean because you know historically your best race is is it's is the last is, is the last race um yeah but not the case so stay tuned you know whenever you're there if you're if you're betting tvg juvenile runs don't stop there's one more race after that so uh no Huge, uh, obviously, huge weekend coming up here as we we continue to prepare. Next week it hits with the the entries. We'll be jumping on a plane. We'll be at Del Mar. Shit's about to get crazy. Of course, if you have not, you've got to go get uh, your hands on the uh, Breeders Cup Wager Guide available for pre-sale. We're still uh, working on that, of course, but it's in Halterman's hands right now. It's going to go to Magic's hands. Go to my hands. We're all working on this guide. Uh, together it'll be like i think it's going to be close to 30 pages so it's going to be insane you'll get that at racingdudes.com and the supplemental guide to that the free guide 14 trends to the breeders cup go check that out the website racingdudes.com you'll get your hands on that just go to the home page you can see it right there uh 14 trends one trend for every race it's really good uh article we put out every single year so two things you have to get before you make a single bet at the breeders cup this year uh, you know i having said that you know, I know you're working on it. Did the entries, the pre-entries, is there any post-position, anything that can fall, like, as far as what change your thinking in terms of where you're at right now? Like, are you kind of waiting? Like, because to me, I don't really weigh much on, a, on, a, on the entries for these kind of races. Like, as far as post-positions, I mean. I The biggest thing for me is what jockeys will be riding, what horses that are coming over from overseas, because that'll really kind of give us a, a clue on what they think uh, is going on with those horses coming across the pond. Uh, that's the big one for me. Yeah, post position, 
I mean, you know, it's it, it's not that big a deal, I don't think. But the but the jockeys, that's a big deal. That's a really big deal. And of course, right now there's no rider's name for any of these, so that'll be the kind of the determining factor, maybe on a couple of these that you're close on, or you're trying to kind of you know decipher who I'm going to pick here, who I'm going to put second, who I'm going to put third. I think the jockey will make a big difference uh, for those European runners. Yeah, post position. You know, I guess if if you're close and, and, and on two horses and one draws perfect and one doesn't, then it'll make a difference. But it, it's it's minute in races like this. Yeah, it doesn't like again, it might be something that you use like as like a deciding factor, but for me it's never something that like makes yeah. me make that pick or whatever. So um maybe, maybe in the juvenile races, maybe a little more so. Like juvenile turf races, I think would make a difference. Yeah, I mean especially you know, some of those like the, the the classic, you got ten horses. So, I mean, I suppose yeah. if if a horse doesn't like being on the inside, they draw the one or two, then that might be a bummer. But otherwise, yeah. I, it doesn't really concern me too much. So, uh, yeah, it's huge, huge uh, two days of racing. Let's not waste any more time. Today's show, we will dive into the pre entries for the twenty twenty one Breeders' Cup World Championships at Del Mar next weekend. Let's. How close? How much of the guide have you got done as far as your first take of it? I mean, all of it, so to speak, as far as horses I've got in, you know, certain spots. Um, I made a, I made a, a, a all night last night working on it, making a first run through. Took today off, saying let that settle. You know, <laughs> gonna <laughs> yeah. come back to it hard Friday, and then take Saturday off from it again, and then come back to it Sunday where it's completely finished, just waiting on numbers, jockeys, like said, final tweaks on Monday. And, you know, a couple hours after that draw on Monday should be pretty much, you know, done as far as my part of it. It's, uh, I mean, it's, it, the, I think some of the most challenging parts sometimes are not just picking a winner, but whenever, especially we do these top fours, is trying to figure out who's going to finish, you know, because you got bunch of you know these turf races and, and trying to hit a, a try here on the guide is almost impossible i mean it really is like picking a winner is it's tough but there it's it's you can come up with reasonable thoughts obviously but to try to go one two three in a race in the breeders cup is that's why they pay so much yeah well the last time the the breeders cup was at del mar the breeders cup juvenile turf we hit a trifecta for like what was it like eighteen hundred dollars yeah that that was just like that makes your whole day so it's hard to hit them but you hit one out of 14 and you've got your money back and tries you know and exactas and things like that so that's that's the thing you got to hang in there when you're betting those kind of wagers and 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 we know that as well and and like we did the guide last year you got to mix in your wagers if you're going to bet 14 trifectas well at the end of the day (laughs) you better hit that one if you because it's it's you know if you don't you're you're going to be in some trouble so you got to mix in good win bets. You got to mix in pick threes, pick fours, pick fives. You know, I wouldn't recommend just, hey, I'm a trifecta player. I'm going to play 14 straight tries at the Breeders' Cup. I don't think that's uh, long-term going to be a successful strategy. You don't want to do that? I wouldn't, but. (laughs) That year we hit that try. It was a perfect race, I thought, to play it. Uh, You know, he had a lot of contenders. 
yeah, uh, at good odds in that 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 time. That was uh, the race Mendelssohn won at Del Mar, the two year old race. You know, and the key is is that you don't like you kind of said, but like you don't get discouraged. Say, so, yeah. you know, go into the Breeders' Cup, you know, with a plan. Like that's the biggest thing is to go into the Breeders. That's why the bankroll is so is so great. Whether you do well or not, you go into the day knowing exactly how you're going to approach every single race. Whether you go zero for five to start off the day or you go five for five, that six bet is still the same bet you were going to make. Yeah. And if you don't have that plan as you go into it, it's very easy to you know get on tilt as they say yeah. and just start throwing extra money at stupid tries this and that and that's how you turn a bad day into like a absolutely brutal day so well, that's could have happened to us last year you know we had a terrible friday and uh when you have a bad friday at the breeders cup that sleep that next night i mean yeah. listen if you're a fan and you're just betting and, and you're not it's not gonna bother you but when you're us and you have a bad friday it's very stressful at least for me because yeah, i take a lot of pride in what we do here and yeah, I didn't sleep much Friday, uh, you know, and I, but I, I did wake up when I said, listen, we have a plan. We're, we're going to see it through. And Saturday was great. Uh, you know, so we'll see. It, I, I mean, it all worked out great last year, but I would love to have a better Friday. <laughs> Certainly this year. It seems like a lot of times in our guides, we do that. We get, we get cold starting off and then we, yeah. we catch fire late and, and make the day. But yeah, it's, uh, it's a hard way to hard way to live that way, uh, for sure. Yeah. And that's and that just goes to show you again why you don't, you know, say we would have gone back to the hotel Friday and been like, oh my, like okay, we got to re reevaluate what we're yeah. doing here. Like this is not working. Well, we would have missed probably everything Saturday too if we would have changed our th- our theory, you know, because we used the same strategy, same yeah. ideas, same thoughts in both days. So. Could you imagine if we would have panicked after that Friday and sent out a, a new guide to all everybody that bought it? Because we have everybody's emails that bought it and be like, listen, we got to change this, this, and this. The track was playing this way or this way. No, yeah. don't do that. You got your plan. You got your handicapping. You've worked you know, for a month on this stuff. If you have a string of four or five bad races, do not let it you know, change. I mean, listen, I'm not going to sit here and say don't let it get you down because I'm the worst about letting it get you down. But don't <laughs> let it affect what you're doing you know what you're doing you have this plan you know how to handicap just stick with it you know and and eventually like said saturday we stuck with it and it was it was probably our best saturday ever uh at a breeder's cup at keeneland last year so we uh, we got red hot and and then again honestly it almost was it was a fantastic day and it was almost a like historical day in terms of what we cashed because we were so close on yep. a few tries that would have just ballooned it. Sent it over the edge. Yeah, yep. exactly. But, you know, looking back, uh, we were we were around it on Friday. Just didn't get a lot of luck. So, like I say, hopefully this Friday, uh, or I guess Friday from, from tomorrow, a week from tomorrow, hopefully we get off to a better start. Yeah, exactly. Um, unless you, you know, if in the, I guess the only disclaimer of what we just we talked about, if you just show up to the track ready to bet, you haven't looked at a single thing, just throw money. Who cares? It's like whatever strategy you want to use today, the tomorrow, whatever race, just go with it. Uh, but if you go into that prepared like you should, just stick with the strategy. Yeah, yeah. Don't 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 get off of it. Yeah, and and you know, like Michael Myers says, Central Quality saved me huge on Friday. And to that point, maybe. 
you don't have a lot of bullets Friday and early Saturday, but maybe the, your bullets are are late in the card Saturday. Yeah. Don't get don't get antsy, you know, stick with the plan, pound the, you know, a lot of times, you know, we'll bet, we don't bet, a, like, we might have, like, one or two big bets on a card, but we bet it big, you know, because it, depending on where, it doesn't matter to where the card is, that's where we're going to bet it, so. Well, um, to, to that point, a Ricky, a Ricky M says, I agree, my first live readers kept by hammered Beholder, Somberg, and Zach to close Friday. So that kind of reminds me of of last year with, with our hammer exacta in the turf with Tarnala uh, on top, and and that turf bet looked really easy, you know, from the outside looking in. No bet is ever easy, but on paper it looked like well that that's the one two runners of this race, right? And it paid huge because we hammered it. Well, the older Songbird looking at it, you're like, well yeah, those are the two best horses, but that's what the Breeders' Cup gives you. You hammer that exacta. And it'll pay way more than it should because the pools are big and the races are tougher and there's more betting options. But still, Beholder Songbird, Exacta, probably yeah. what you box it. You know, you either box it or play it straight, $20, $50. Probably made three, $400, I bet. I mean, that's what can happen at the Breeders' Cup. Yep, exactly. Um, all right, yeah, let's uh, let's get into the... Yep, this is good. Good conversation. I, don't, I almost don't want to cut it off of the actual pod. So I would leave this on because this yeah. will probably be better than we've. This is probably better than what, probably better what we're actually going to talk about. So yeah, yeah. I think we should just well, uh, let's just leave it on. You know, I guess the last thing before we go on, you can make bets at the Breeders' Cup that you're not going to make on a like a Thursday or Friday at Aqueduct, right? Like two favorites in an exact is going to pay about five times what it would in a normal day. So. The pools are so big and the fields are so competitive. You can get away with making bets like that. And I think that's important this year where we're looking at some races that are just going to be chalky. You know, I don't know what we're going to do about it, but we'll get into that now, I guess. The 38th Annual Breeders' Cup comes back to Del Mar for the second time next weekend. And uh, 100, uh, 56, I should say, 56 from overseas to add to the 196 total horses in, pre-entered into this year's running, which... 56 international is a record, and you want to ask, like, what, the 196? I mean, this is that's pretty much, you know, 200. I think we had, like, 201 last year, uh, 187 the year before, one, uh, you know, usually it's always right around that 190 to 200 mark. So this is pretty much right on cue with what you would expect. We saw eight horses that won uh, that are Breeders' Cup winners uh, this year. We're entered this year as well, of course, Nick's go being the – well, hell, that needs to go and essential quality um, headlining those. So, really, it's a nothing too surprising here, Halterman, as far as what we saw in the pre-entries, but it does maybe help weed through some of these uh, these races, especially the turf races. We'll start with Friday, the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf, uh, Turf Sprint, I should say. Uh, you know, really, the, you know, got a full, you know, 12 horses as far as pre-entered with uh, I think it up to 19 actually total entered into the race. Halterman, what you anything that came out to you? I thought it was interesting seeing Wesley Ward. Obviously, we Averly Jane, a horse we really like, but Twilight Gleaming is a kind of an interesting one for him as well. This is one I'm totally up in the air with. I am shocked by the amount of European runners that are coming over here. Uh, this is this is really going to be tough. We can start with Twilight Gleaming, who was you know made two starts in the United States. And then went overseas, ran in a group two race and finished second. And then one last time out in a stakes race overseas. 
By the way, the horse she finished second to is Quick Susie, also <laughs> pre-entered for this race. I looked at this horse for a long time. Some of her replays, she looks very, very good here. I thought Go Bears Go, another interesting horse coming in from overseas. Uh, and again, this is kind of where I'm getting at. Who comes over to ride these horses? You know, does a regular rider stick with them? Do they upgrade riders? You know, I think it's going to be huge. Uh, but that's an interesting horse. I thought Hierarchy coming in from overseas, another very interesting horse. So, yeah, I, this this field got a lot more international runners than it usually does. And it has me a little bit worried uh, about Averly Jane's chances. I went from thinking, yeah, she's a pretty solid uh, lock here to whew, we may have to go a little deeper than we thought. Armor, another horse that's very good. Uh, you know, so I, the, the Europeans really showed out for this one this year. Yeah, it's uh, it's tricky for sure because like it's like especially you got you know you know the, obviously we kind of thought well Ava Jane's a lock here because speed and and the Wesley Ward angle and then if he does this you know run Twilight Gleaming another horse that has speed or likes to have speed and Wesley Ward so. What do you do? You know, um, so it's a very interesting angle. I don't know. We'll see. Twilight Gleaming, by the way, you know, debuted, didn't debut until April of this year. Finished second, came back and won on the turf at Belmont, dominated. He sent the horse straight over to Ascot, who finished second in the Queen Mary. I mean, a good second right there, ran a good race, and then won at Duville next time out. And now it's here. So if this horse shows up here, it's a Stone Street horse, Philly. I mean, shit, man, she could be very dangerous. Um, and, and you have, you know, there's a few, uh, I know Chris likes one-timer, Michael Myers has said one-timer, one-timer, another horse in here. Uh, Everybody likes one-timer. Who has speed. Yeah, I know. The, the, the chat's like lighting up with one-timer. Um, but speed, right? And we've, if the trend of this race, as if you saw from the 14 trends, it's speed, right? Like speed yeah. wins this race. Like you just, that's just what it is. I mean, it's a, it's a. It's actually one of the most dominating uh, trends that we have. I mean, it's just no horse ever sees behind them in this race. You know, they go straight to yeah. the wire and they win. And then, of course, Wesley Ward has won two of the three. So, I mean, speed is if you, I, go to speed now. Figure out who the hell it is. Who's gonna be the speed of speed? Well, there's there's tons of them that have a shot to be be on the lead, and that's the problem. And I'll pile on with the one timer comment. Uh, Larry Ravelli, he certainly is a guy that has horses very similar to Wesley Ward. He just runs them kind of on the, on the, I wouldn't even, yeah, I would call a smaller circuit, like the Midwest circuit, still good, good racetracks, but not like that major Kentucky, you know, Naira, uh, California type circuit. But, uh, Larry Ravelli trains his horses for speed and to run, you know, and win on these, on these, uh, sprint races. So, uh, I certainly could see it. I mean, the horses won three, uh, one at three different tracks, one at two different surfaces. I mean, it's it's really quite uh, fascinating to see this field and just the depth of how good it is compared to like a last year where it's like, well, Golden Powell's going to kill yeah. him, you know, or, or two years ago, it's like four wheel drive is going to kill him. I, I would I would say that what I what we see out of these pre entries is that it gave us some pause for Averly Jane. You agree with that, right? It's it's yeah, kind of like big time. I don't know how you'd have to feel really strong um, to 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 pound her there, considering what we're what we're seeing in here. So, I, it, it, I mean, she should be. I mean, she, 
she'd probably be the favorite. She probably should be. But if all those show up, man, she's gonna, they're going to test that. They're going to test that trend this year. So it's going to be tough. All right, let's go to the uh, juvenile Phillies. Uh, we had uh, nine horses entered here. Ain't easy. Carol Memories, Desert Dawn, Echo Zulu, of course, will be the favorite there. Hidden Connection, Juju's Map, probably your second choice. Ness, Sequist, Terabee. Ter- uh, but Juju's Map, Echo Zulu, you know, Hidden Connection, obviously, um, earlier, you know, earlier this fall. It was very good. Uh, but it's, we, we knew Echo Zulu would be the favorite. We knew Juju's Map after how good she looked with Brad Cox. Be right there. I mean, nothing probably changed, right, for you. Although I should say Carol Memory's first preference is the Juveniles Phillies turf. So this thing might be down to eight horses. I mean, I think that you go into this race saying you're either Echo Zulu. You're Echo Zulu or you're not, right? Because if you believe in Echo Zulu, you've got to think she can win. But if you're not, Juju's Map might be your horse. I thought Juju's map, as I look at this now, uh, not now, as in the last couple of days, uh, when, you, when you get those horses side by side on the past performances, so to speak. The one thing I, I like about Juju's map, she was able to kind of sit off the pace last time out in that win in the Darley Alcibiades. was, you know, a couple, two, three links off. And I, I thought, you know, she drew inside and I thought, I'll just send her and see what happens. That's not what they did. They kind of sat off there. Uh, just a bit, and I think that's going to be key here. You look at these runners, the, the competitive ones in this race. Wow, there's a lot of speed here. Echo Zulu has speed. Uh, you know, Hidden Connection has speed. Ain't Easy has speed. I'd like Juju's map to kind of draw outside of them and just kind of sit off. Uh, from a speed figure standpoint, at least the ones I look at heavily, it's a two-horse race between Echo Zulu and Juju's map. It's a decision I haven't made yet. But it's going to be one of those two for me. Uh, I, I I get that Hidden Connections, uh, a solid horse. I get that Ain't Easy looked pretty good last time out. But I think these other two are just are just better than everybody else. I mean, I'm it, I'm really still on the fence between these two. Me too. Because I'm trying to do my best at, at not allowing myself to keep comparing Echo Zulu to Jackie's Warrior. We had this conversation yeah, last week, I think, uh, about that. And it's like, they're not the same horse. There's nothing nothing similar about them. Um, so you, you kind of wonder, okay, what? But, you know, you look at the numbers and, I mean, what has this horse ever done wrong? Echo Zulu, that is. And the answer is nothing. Um Admittedly, she's even getting better as she goes longer. So it seems like it's going to be tough to to beat her. I feel like you're going to go after this race. You're going to be like, well, Brad Cox is going to win like a bunch of races. Like if he can t- if he can win, because this will be the second Breeders' Cup race of the day. If he goes and wins this one, you're like, well, he's going to win like four again. So yeah, you could go with that angle of I'm just going to take Cox. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, I'm going to take Cox over Asmussen. But Asmussen, you know, he had a great Saratoga meet. He is ice cold right now at Keeneland. I don't think that plays into this, really, because this is a different animal altogether. But, I mean, if you're if you're trying to separate the two, maybe maybe that's an angle, you know. Uh, that's I may flip a coin by the end of it. Uh, you know, no, I won't do that. <laughs> but, it, you know, I guess this is one where they draw could matter a little bit. Yeah, that might, and that's just it. That might give you some sort of, like, in a race like that where you're just like, I don't know. I, I I could see this going either way. Uh, you look for that one angle, you know, that one thing that just can give you that. Okay, that's what I'm gonna go with. So, um, 
All right, let's go to the Juvenile Phillies turf. Phil, uh, 18 horses pre-entered here. Of course, 14 will be able to run. Bubble Rock. I'm not going to name all these horses. So uh, anything that, that stuck out to you, of course, the Juvenile Phillies turf is damn near impossible anyways. And now we just have a shit ton filled that, you know, we're, we're going to stay here and try to figure out, you know, who's the best of the best. Uh I don't know. I mean, this one might be the toughest one. To, you know, I guess Pizza Bianca, if you if you want to go, you know, U.S. like so to speak, U.S. But I mean, a bunch of internationals coming over here as well. So, I mean, is there anything that stuck out to you that look, makes you want to take, take a shot against if it's Pizza Pizza Bianca or whoever it is you're taking? Well, if you read the trends that you have out on the website that you put together every year, this race is always one. Well, not always. I, let me let me back up. This race is usually won by an American-based horse. And it's very interesting because the juvenile turf is not usually won by an American-based horse. So, but for this one, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't take that too seriously. But at the same time, I think we've got a better shot to win this one once again. I like Bubble Rock. How about Brad Cox bringing this uh, horse uh, by more than ready here uh, off two straight wins at shorter distances, five and a half and six furlongs. Now going to stretch out to a mile. I think this is a horse that might be on the lead coming out of sprint races and now going to a route. I thought this horse was very interesting for Brad. I, I, I think I think this horse, uh, you know, is, is just one that's kind of slid right under the radar. Uh, Chad Brown has a pair in here, Consumer Spending, who's won two races in a row. I think, you know, with Chad, you got to look at that horse. Um, and then, yeah, the commenter uh, says that Hottie drew in. I think she has a big chance. If you remember, Hottie ran just a few days ago at Keeneland and absolutely smoked that field with ease. Now she's in here. I mean, it makes sense to throw her in this race. So those are kind of the Americans. I really like Malif Malavath for uh, uh, coming over from overseas uh, has never been worse than th uh, third and three starts or excuse me, four starts, uh, two wins in a row, had a group two win at Chantilly last time out. Uh, another horse stretching out in distance but has a pedigree, obviously, like most European runners do, to stretch out with success. So those are kind of the four I'm, I'm looking at as of right now. Um, you're right, though. This this is just a crazy race. Well, yeah. I mean, like I wrote the trends. I mean, yeah, it's 11 of its 13 runnings have been won by U.S. trainers, uh, U.S. horses. Eight, that's 85%. You know, of course, that's for a turf race, that's insane. Uh, turf race of the Breeders' Cup to have it dominated by uh, Americans is just nuts. So, but I did also clarify in it because who is it though? You know, this year we 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 kind of thought at one point Wild Beauty might come over. She's not. So it's like which American are you going to go with? Because you got Brad Cox, like you said, you got a couple of Chad Browns, you got Clement, you got other. I mean, there's so it's like yeah, the first step is you know if you want to go with the angle that Americans have dominated this race. Fine, that's great. That's probably an angle we'll use. Which one is it? You know, so you've got to come up with that that solution. You got to figure it out. And I mean, yeah, if you if Hottie drove it, drew in, and that that's what you wanted to see, then then use her. I would to me. I think you go try to find a moderately priced American, one that's a little, slightly overlooked, and that's a, probably a pretty good angle to go with there. Go with the Americans. Go with the price, somewhat price. You know, I wouldn't go too crazy, but go a little bit of a price. And I think, I mean. Right now, that race is just completely wide open. Mm -hmm. uh, Very much let's so. Let's go to the uh, Cup, TVG Breeders' Cup Juvenile. 
Uh, 14 horses will, uh, or we're entered into the race. One of them, Jasper Crony, uh, first preference is the Judal Turf. So, I mean, no surprise surprises here. Uh, American Sanctuary, Barossa, Command and Performance, Corniche, Double Thunder, Giant Game, Jack Christopher, Jasper Great, Jasper Crone, Oviet Class, Papa Cap, Pinehurst, Rattle and Roll, Tough to Tame. So, a bunch of names in there, but Corniche, Jack Christopher, those seem to be the two. Which one is it? Is Bob Baffert going to get, I guess it's probably his first... Uh, First attempt at winning the Breeders' Cup race this year. So, King, but will Bob Baffert start one for one at the Breeders' Cup? I've been watching the replays nonstop uh, on this race specifically. The more I watch it, I think Jack Christopher's a better horse than Corniche. I think this horse has more talent. I mean, he's been, he's just been running away from uh, his competition. The problem is we saw a horse do this up in New York last year, come from the champagne where it looked like, damn, he is super, super good. And then he didn't run very well. And that was Jackie's warrior in last year's juvenile. Um, so I'm still kind of debating between a couple of these. Jack Christopher has really caught my eye during the work or during the uh, replay work. Uh, let me ask you this. Have you seen the replay of Jasper great at all? Have you watched him? Coming over from Japan. I've heard of this horse, uh, obviously because it's an arrogant horse, but I've not, I've not seen. No, I've not seen the the work. No. Uh, the, the, no, I'm sorry, the, the win. Work, I'm the, sorry, I, not, I didn't see the win. No. Right. So his he he won by ten links on debut mm -hmm. in Japan. It looked really impressive. I have no idea what he was up against. How could you know unless you follow Japan? <laughs> uh, but wow. He looked good. He looked really good. So he's interesting, and he has an, he's another horse that has early speed. How about this? You've got Jasper Great and Jasper Crone or Crony, whatever. Uh, yeah. Two horses that are – Jasper Great's at Arrogate, and Jasper Crony is Frosted. How about that? Yep. I mean, two horses coming from Japan that are just <laughs> very, very nicely bred. You'll see a lot of Arrogates, so – um no. yeah that's a that, i mean hey that'd be amazing i mean what if this horse comes over and uh and dominates over i i don't think that to, to, i just i i mean i agree like i i think too like i think jackie's warrior I, that horse has ruined me in terms of what because it's like i felt so good uh, good about that uh last year and then you know he just he obviously ob and that's the thing like it very clearly was distance because look what he is I don't think Jack Christopher is that. He looks so damn good, but and you wonder what Corniche really is, you know, in terms of, you know, the number didn't come up super strong last time out. Who he didn't beat anything. I don't know. I, I, I this is another race for me that I am totally undecided. I think another thing is yes, the the Jackie's Warrior coming out of Champagne and that that made us mad, but. The last time the Breeders' Cup was at Del Mar, Chad Brown won with a horse that was coming out of the champagne, yeah. you know, and with good magic. He was a maiden, didn't even win the damn race, and then won at the Breeders' Cup. So, uh, you know, you have that on your side as well. I don't know. We'll see. I, I think it's going to be quite the showdown. Gosh, one thing, watching the replays, I think Jack Christopher is faster than Corniche Early. 
what happens when Corniche gets behind a horse for the first time? You know, I think that's going to be interesting as well if that happens. Yeah, you know, that's the thing too. Bob Baffert's always, you know, he's a trainer that's going to, whatever you, what do you say about him, he, he, especially for big races like the, the Breeders' Cup, he's going to, they're going to be fast. You know, they're going to mm-hmm. go, you're going to, they're, you often see Bob Baffert's win gate to wire. And, and if Corniche is going to try to do that, then she, he's going to have to fight with Jack Christopher. It's going to be, it's going to, you know, set up a very hot pace. Is there any, I mean, do you, are you kind of the same way where like the earlier race where you're like, it's one of these two, I just can't, you know, like, like the, like the, the Phillies juvenile, is it one of these two for you? Or is it like, well, if these two hook up, maybe they burn each other out a little bit and someone else can do it. I, I don't know. I just, I just don't really see any other horse in here that I, I like. Uh, you know, we got, uh, somebody said Pinehurst in the chat. I, I didn't like that horse very much at Del Mar. Um, yes, I know he won over this track, but I, I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of that one. Rattle and Roll ran pretty good in the Breeders' Futurity. Uh, I think that's a horse to keep an eye on. I'm not sure about this race, but I think definitely a, a horse in the future that could make some noise. You know, if you want to go the maiden angle, see if another maiden can win this thing. Uh, what about c- command performance for, for Todd Fletcher coming out of the second place in the Champagne? Hmm. And now right here. So maybe just like good magic, he could follow in that footsteps. I, I think you can go a little deeper if you if you use your imagination, but it definitely does look like a two-horse race on paper. Uh, it's kind of going to depend on how we finally – settle on how we're going to play the sequence yeah that's the thing how where you know you're gonna to have to go thin thin somewhere and this definitely set you know this the sequence sets differently a little bit than what we'll see on saturday where you maybe have stronger plays and you know if you're gonna pound it you're gonna i mean you're probably gonna be able to get paid a little bit on on friday because you got to think that some mm-hmm. of these turf races might spring some upsets um all right let's go to the apparently the last race of the day is not it's the juvenile mm-hmm. turf and 20 horses pre-entered into here Excuse me. Uh, you know, nothing too surprising. Albar, you know, Tis the Bomb, who ran really well for uh, McPeak uh, at Keelan last time out. You know, you got a bunch of internationals. Annapolis, you know, your horse that you really like coming into here, who is, according to the trends, trends very well for this race as well. Um, you know, anything that stood out to you here? Yeah, one horse really stood out and kind of jumped off the page to me that that is coming over for the race, and that's Modern Games uh, for Appleby. Of course, he's had a great year over here bringing horses. Modern Games, tell me what this horse has done wrong. Uh, Five races, has won three of them, finished second in another. Last time out, just dominated a group three uh, race at Newmarket, improving speed figure every single race on the time form rating. Uh, I think modern games is going to be awfully dangerous uh, in this spot. Yeah, you look, this horse is stretching out for the first time, going you know from seven. This horse always only only ran seven furlongs, going to a mile. But yeah, you know, really nearly winner of his uh, of his last four races. That's interesting. I mean, that's another one, right? That you you want to see who's on, who who who's riding them, you yep. know, and who who Appleby is. You know who's he, who's got what horse, you know, and that that tells you a lot about that decision. So yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, if I is there anything swaying you off of Annapolis? I mean, are you even with Albar, even with the horse like this? Tiz the bomb was really good. Is this or is this one? I mean, you got to go. Gosh, this might be the deepest of the sequence, right? 
I mean, what's swaying me off in Annapolis is modern games. <laughs> I really like modern games. I don't know. Uh, I, I, I don't think I can not play Annapolis after, you know, talking him up for so long. Um, but this is kind of like a horse like Applebee's might bring over here with modern games is, is kind of like, oh, boy, that's going to be awfully tough. Uh, Dubawi Legend is another horse. I think looks pretty good. Finished uh, second in a group one last time out. Only finished by only got beat by two links. Uh, I really like that horse as well. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm awfully worried about Annapolis after seeing some of these European runners. This is a race, kind of like the juvenile uh, turf sprint. It's like wow, they've brought some good horses uh, for this. One. Well, you can't. I mean, you'd be you'd be so pissed at yourself if you go all this way with Annapolis and touting this horse and how much you like Annapolis to win this race. Then you switch off to some horse you hadn't heard of. For Applebee, and then <laughs> Annapolis flies and wins the thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna let Annapolis beat me. I know that. Uh, he might be the only American I use here. I don't know. We'll see as it gets closer. But yeah, I really like the European runners in this race. All right. So Friday, that's gonna wrap up Friday's car. Is there any, as far as how you have approached it, do you feel like Friday is going to be a much better opportunity to, to um, cause obviously a lot of people are going to try to build their bankrolls up on Friday. That's the goal is Friday have more opportunity uh, for long shots and crazy shit to happen to get more creative, maybe play your 50 cents dollar tickets, that kind of thing on your multis versus maybe pounding a $20 on Saturday because it's going to be chalkier. Is that how you see it kind of? Yeah, for sure. I think I think all three of the turf races have major potential to produce a price. And the two dirt races, I think every year people try to make up some horses that don't really need to be contending. You know, we see that every year. Uh, like I remember even our first Breeders' Cup, Uncle Mo, and it's like we weren't even that good at handicappers. We don't even handicap him for a couple of years. I'm like, shit, Uncle Mo, I'm going to win this easy. And, you know, everybody's like, no, 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 he's not going to. I think we kind of hype up too many juveniles on the dirt. I think those two will be pretty straightforward. But listen, these turf races are going to be awfully, awfully tough uh, and, and could produce prices for us. All right, let's go to uh, let's go to Saturday. Uh, Saturday racing at Del Mar. Kick things off with the Breeders' Cup Philly and Mare Sprint. I mean, they, no seven horses in the race, and Gamine's going to be your heavy, heavy, heavy favorite. I know we've talked back and forth on this for a while as far as how we're going to play her you i don't i think you don't even have her on top still if you're going to hold true to that but gamine is obviously bell sophia cc edgeway estilio tillian so um probably emma truth hurts those are your horses but it's i mean to me it's like bella sophia or gamine i guess i mean because really to me when i look at this right even if you want to try to beat her it's tough to even get the horse Oh, I, I don't, I mean, these other horses, other than Bella Sophia and Gamine, these other ones just, you know, they just don't match up. I mean, CeCe's a nice horse. Edgeway's a nice horse. But they're not to that level, right? I, to me, this is a two-horse race. And look, people will probably go crazy on the chat once again, but Bella Sophia's been better than Gamine this year, period. There's not even a debate about it. She's been better. She's been faster. She went, they ran on the same track the same day, and Bella Sophia, Sophia was faster. Can't, you know, if Gamine can't get back to the level she was last year for this race, she's going to get beat. Now, there's no reason to think she can't other than, you know, maybe you got some suspicions about Bob Baffert. But <laughs> no. other than that, I mean, 
you would think Amin should be able to run like she did last year, but listen, Bella Sophia matches up. And if you if you blacked out the name and you just looked at those two horses and what they've done this year, you'd think Bella Sophia would be the favorite in this race. So I'm gonna stick with her. Yeah. I mean, it's gonna it's a it's a tall it's a tall task, you know, to to go from I mean, I get it. I and mean, if you're going to play against her, she's the horse, right? Um, yep. But to, to, to go, you know, leave New York, go to New California for clearly the biggest race um, of her career and try to run down. I imagine try to run down Gamine. I, is, I don't, is there any scenario that Gamine's not on the lead? I mean, she, of course, she, she ran down Serengeti Empress last year um, because obviously Serengeti Empress was not letting anybody go to the lead. Uh, other than hers, Bella Bell Sophia. I mean, who do you you think who's going to actually get to the lead of those two? Bella Sophia is going to be on the lead. That's my that's my prediction. Listen again, just based on raw numbers, she's faster early than Gabine this year. I, whether that holds up, listen, these Baffert horses, it's anybody's guess what they're going to show up. That's with, true, you know, and that's that's the way it's been ever since the Derby went down, you know. Uh, all I know is I've seen Gamin run live twice. One was on, on uh, Kentucky Derby weekend, and I thought she looked horrific. She won, but I thought, God, that horse isn't even close to the same. And the other one was at Saratoga last time out. I thought she looked better, but still not that dominant Gamin type of effort. Right Now, maybe they're holding her back. Maybe, you know, she knows she doesn't have to just bury him. Uh, and, and, and maybe... You know, if a horse challenges her, she'll just bury him here. That's definitely possible. But I think Bella Sophia shoots to the lead, tries to get aggressive on the front end, and tries to take it gate to wire. And does Gamine have that kick like she did last year where she just ate, you know, Serengeti Empress for, for lunch? Can't she display that again? If she can't, she's going to get beat. Like you said, I think that's like the, the you know, the, the, that's, a, that's a very tricky part to this year's Breeders' Cup is how you're how you're handicapping Bob Baffert in particular because yep just like you know as a as a as a as a, uh, as a handicapper who handicaps every you know track in America you know you have to you know that well, that that trainer's juicing that that trainer's juicing so that's that's well now you have Bob Baffert and you have this whole you know shit show going on with him but then you also have Breeders' Cup allowing him to run but because you know giving him these extra protocols in terms of all the different testing measures and whatnot is he bold enough to try it again you know what i mean so it's like if not are all his horses going to be straight laced and if they are are they even going to run to the you know the level that we we've seen in the past and those are all i mean i'm just those are all speculation but those are all things you have to consider when you're going through and deciding hey is gamine going to be good enough uh you know to get it done is corniche good enough to get it done over Jack, whatever it is, like you're going to have to have that conversation in your head as well as, as just picking the winner. So uh, to me, it makes it incredibly tough. What Gammy and like you said, even we've seen her twice this year and she still doesn't look what we used to seeing. Yeah, she doesn't. I mean, I, I thought honest to God, and you can, you can confirm this to people. I said I looked at you after the Derby City Distaff in May oh, and said, I don't think she'll run again. Not not watching it live, but when we saw the head on, it's like, God, she's all over the track. She she acts like she hates, you know, what's happening here. 
It could be she she just hates Churchill Downs. Both of her races at Churchill Downs have not been been good. So that could have been part of it, no doubt. Um, but hey, listen, am I gonna be surprised if Kameen wins this race? Of course not. You know, if you said, hey, who's the most likely winner of this race? Sure, Kameen. But if Bella Sophia offers enough value, I'm going that way. By the way, I love that we're talking all about uh, Gamine and who trains and how juiced will she be if she's juiced and Bell Sophia trained by Rudy Rodriguez. But okay. Anyway, well, hey, uh, he he's not under surveillance. <laughs> yeah, right? I, I know. Right? He's like, I got, I got him now. We'll um, let him I, get away with it. You know? Exactly. Why are they not doing this to everybody? Like, what? If I know. Like,. Uh, like even and do exactly like hey listen you're if you want to run your horse because like that's what they're doing Baffert it's like you're under extra protocols and it's under out of your pocket you have to pay for all this we're gonna make sure it gets done make that to everybody hey if you want to run the Breeders Cup you're gonna do it clean and you're gonna pay for the testing and we're gonna make sure gosh it seems so difficult to 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 get to do that right <laughs> oh my gosh it's unreal uh all right. Let's go to the Breeders' Cup Turf Sprint. Golden Powell is going to lead this one. Uh, field 19, or 19 pre-entered, I should say. Uh, you know, this race will have 12 with six also eligibles. You know, it's really all over the play. I mean, we know a lot of these horses. Glass Slippers uh, and Amartiana for Kevin Ryan, whoever that is. Uh, but Glass Slippers uh, coming in over uh, from overseas. I think that... She's running, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, or is it he? Whoever it is. Uh, I, I, I think she, they're coming back. Because this horse uh, to defend. So, yep. Halterman, what are you going to do? Because I, 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 I know you like to play against Gold. You're, you were testing the waters of playing against Golden Powell, a horse that we've leaned on last year in the Breeders' Cup. So, where did you? where are you thinking here when you see this pre-entries? You know that I, there's no bigger fan of Golden Powell than me. I, I, I love this horse, but I don't know how you play him as a favorite in this race. I just don't. There's just, if these, if, if these horses all show up, if he wins, it is an unbelievable win. And I look at his international races. He lost both times. He faced an international field. And a couple of the horses that beat him are pre-entered into this race. Uh, you know, and that was just two races back. I think he's excellent. I think his race last time out was the best of his career at Keeneland in the Woodford. I thought he was fantastic. You know, Firecrow came up next to him and he just turned him away like a gnat. The bad news is there's a lot better horses lining up here than Firecrow. And there's a lot of horses coming in from overseas. I'm having a hard time putting Golden Pal on top. I may leave him out completely in this race. Dude. I, dude, I, I just, this field looks a lot better than what he's ever beaten. I mean, I, I get playing against him, but leaving him out completely could be dicey. It's it's a situation on Saturday where you got to do that in a spot. You just have I to. Do, I do get, in some regard, it's he's an all or nothing kind of horse, right? Like you kind of feel like he's either going to dominate the race or and win, or he, you could tell at top of the stretch, like, uh oh, yeah, he's about to get swallowed up, and here comes four other horses. So, yeah, I mean, I do get that. If you are on the fence with him, like, there's plenty of options. Like, you know, Latina Dan looks uh, looks pretty good, and that's the thing. You know, you just if you a lot of the theory or the thoughts were of, of even though he did look good, it's like 
like you say, he turned these horses away because for half a second in that race, it looked like uh, he was about to get beat, you know, Golden Powell, but he turned away. But it's like, if he has that same scenario with name four horses in here, it, he's going to have to be really good. Really good. I mean, and he looked, you know, Glass Slippers last year ran the, won this race. She did when she won this race, I should say, ran a 104 uh, buyer that day. And, and I mean, as good as Golden Powell's been, he hasn't sniffed a 104 um, in his career ever. So, Golden, I mean, with Glass Slippers, like, isn't coming into this race as good as she was. I don't feel like going into this race as good as she looked last year coming into this race. But at the same time, you're good. I mean, it's not like she's been awful. Yeah. And so, you know, and, and you're going to, you got 10 to 1 on her last year, and you may not get 10 to 1, but you're going to get a price on her. Take, t- well, take, th- think about her for a second, obviously, as, as ran pretty well in a couple of Group 1 races. Well, how about a case for you, or a case of you? I'm sorry, a case of you. Last time out, won a Group 1 race at five furlongs and earned a 129 time form figure. That's 12 points better than, than, than anything Golden Powell has ever done. <laughs> and you're, I, yeah. I just, I don't know how you play this horse as a favorite. It's another one. It's like, yeah, if he wins, I'm not going to be surprised. He's, he's a great horse. There's a lot of great horses that are pre-entered into this race. And again, this is where jockeys are going to make a big difference here. You know, we'll see who gets aboard who, uh, you know, Emirati, Anna beat Golden Powell, you know, last time they faced each other. So, you know, and, and has a 122 and a 123 last two races time form figures. So, you know, five and six points better than Golden Powell. Sorry, if Golden Powell's a favorite in this race, and I expect him to be, and I think that will be accurate. I think he will be bet down as the favorite. I have a hard time getting real excited about him in this race. The case of you is interesting because this horse, you know, Back-to-back uh, Group 1 races overseas in second by a half and then one last time out. Uh, going five furlongs, uh, mind you. So, I mean, this is, uh, you know, this horse, if it ran this horse longer, kept, he kept getting cut back and finally cut him back to five furlongs the last two. And look, I mean, it's pretty damn good. Now, you always wonder what these horses will do and what would you assume would be a very firm and fast track uh, on the turf at Del Mar. So, we'll see. Um but yeah, that's a. I mean, that 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 makes it interesting. I, I get. I mean, to to try to pick land on Golden Pal, who maybe finally is facing a group of horses that just is just he's just outclassed by you know like and and you know and you, yeah. when he when they when they when they brought, ever have brought in this horse somewhere other than here, right? The horse is not the horse is lost. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it ran really well in the Norfolk Stakes last year, got second to the Learjet, but got dominated here this past year in August. Um at York, I mean, just was not good, you know, at all, really. Not didn't have any of that that kick that you're used to seeing. So yeah, I mean maybe you're kinda of talking me out of them. And I'm kind of like I'm starting to wonder if it is uh do I play him here, you know? I, I I get it. So if you want to, if you want some advantages, I think five furlongs. That's very good. Speed in these races usually play well. So there, I mean, there's not like oh, we can't like anything about him. But gosh, in a in a in a in a, on a day that looks pretty chalky, minus a couple of races, 
this could be one you get away with beating. You know, this could be one that gets a little bit over bet that we can beat. Yeah, this is, uh, you know, the, the turf sprint has been a race, oddly enough, just four times in 13 years has speed won this race gate to wire, um, which is kind of interesting considering it's a turf sprint. So four of 13, 31%. If you want to play against with a horse that might be sitting off of Golden Pal, I'm not... Not against it. I, let's just, I'll leave it at that. You've, you've somewhat gave me the opportunity to talk myself into considering it. We'll see what I end up coming up with uh, when I really dive into these. Let's go to the big-ass fans. All right, we're... Uh, you smell that? It's, that's chalk dust. We're starting to get into the chalk portion of the uh, of the card here. The big-ass fans. Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile. 11 horses entered here, but they're all going to be looking at the ass of Life is Good. I mean, is there any way this horse loses? I just don't see it. Uh, he just looks way too good. He's got a huge speed figure advantage over the field. I think if anybody can do it, maybe it's Ginobili. Uh, you know, horses look pretty good. Last couple starts at Del Mar hasn't quite faced anybody like this. Beat CZ Rocket by a length and three quarters. That's a good win. No question about it. But life is good as a different animal. I, I think he's just going to have to not show up. Uh, to, to lose this. I, he looks as close to a lock as, as anybody I've seen at a Breeders' Cup. I, I don't even want to mention his name. But you remember when Catalina Cruiser came to the dirt mile? Yeah. And we thought, there's no way that horse loses here. None. Yeah. And he was awful. Now, yeah. <laughs> I don't, like I said, like, life is good has given us zero. I mean, I'm not, there's zero indications that there's anything close to that gonna happen here but you look at what the, the jerkins effect <laughs> and <laughs> you know everyone that you know got beat this you know you got the shit beat happened by jackie's warrior uh of course life is good it was right there it was a hell of a race falling sea obviously a horse that's uh, we're gonna talk about here a little bit in the sprint that's a solid race comes back dominates again so i just kind of feel like he no matter if, however he wants to do it like he just by every state of the definition life is good as you're going to outclass this field i just don't see how he doesn't I, there's a lot of other speed in the race maybe you know and i mean by a lot i mean there's like four horses that are pretty darn fast in this one i don't know maybe that gets him but i don't i think he's gonna be like the speed of the speed right like i think they're gonna get out there and be like oh no no thanks i'm not gonna get involved with that I, I just can't I just can't go against him. You got to remember, I mean, this of course that was going seven furlongs. He did do, he slowed it down a little bit last time in the Kelso, but going at you know the Jerkins that day, he went twenty one and forty four, um, yeah. just absolutely motored. And these horses can't keep up with that. Uh, you know that's part of what makes him so good. I mean, I guess there's no way. Like I'm just saying, like life is good. I don't see how he gets beat here. All right. Can I read like this comment right here? And I get it. Like I love life is good, but it's still worried that all of that quote unquote talent had more to do with Baffert. I, the only thing I could say is it was a long time between the San Felipe and the Allen Jerkins. So all that would have been worn off. Right. If, if Baffert had any res like uh, you residue know, left <laughs> long-term effect, uh, his Alan Jerkins was off the hook. Yeah. 
So either Pletcher's got the same stuff or this horse is just really good. But I, I'm not too worried about it after after that race. Yeah, and, and you know, and you have a trainer like like Todd Pletcher who yeah, I mean, is one of the best ever, you know. So he's gonna make sure the horse is right, the horse is gonna be entered. And if the horse isn't, the horse won't. So I mean, he's gonna do right by the horse and this I don't see because even if he doesn't, like, even if he, 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 he's, he reminds me of, he's not obviously he as talented, probably he might be though. Um, cause life is good. Might go to the classic next year. You never know. Like that's what Todd Pletcher says. Like we're going to do this route and then we'll see what he does next year. But he's kind of like that Nick's go where it's like, he just goes so fast that you have to make it basically a decision to not go with him. Or if you go with him, you're screwed you have to be a horse named Jackie's warrior in turn. If you're going to beat him at less than a mile, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. I totally agree. I, I think life is good. Uh, you know, and then we, I know we can move on cause we don't need to talk about this one for much longer, but life is good. This year reminds me of like Liam's map, the year he won at Keeneland, or just like, he's just better than the rest of the dirt mile horses. By the way, just, if you guys haven't like you, like I didn't, like Liam's Maps one of my favorite horses uh, ever, and mm-hmm. you know we got to go visit him at Lane's End, and we were obviously there at the Breeders' Cup that year when he won, and I was putting together the the highlight audio clip that you guys hear in the pod stuff. I was putting that together, and I pulled some audio from that and stuff, and I was just went and uh, that's when I went and watched that race all over again, and I just I had forgotten how unbelievable of a performance that was that year because this is a horse that maybe not quite like life is good but a horse that showed plenty of speed a very quick horse terrible start was mid-pack i mean all kinds of trouble in the race just seemed like he was out of it and just came flying home and just dominated the hell out of that race after he got in the clear just uh, if you can't you gotta go back and watch the what was that 27 15, 15, yeah, 2015, 2015. Keeneland. Of course, that was same year as uh, as Pharaoh um, dominating in the uh, in the classic. So go watch that if you haven't. Just uh, trust me, it's worth it. All right, let's go to the next one up: the Makers Mark Breeders' Cup Philly and Mare Turf. Sixteen horses pre-entered here, and by the way, they're like all international, right? Adaria horse that mm-hmm. you know you we made a lot, you made we made a lot of money on. Uh, last year's Breeders' Cup, Love, Love's Only You, the Japan uh, horse, My Sister Nat, Pocket Square, okay, so you got the Chad Brown, Tarnall, of course, Tarnall will probably be in the turf. Uh, Warlike Goddess, of course, the horse has been dominant all year long here, most all year long. Dude, this is, uh, this is a tricky one, because, you know, we know how Chad Brown, we know how internationals do here. I, I got, I mean... It's one of these Euros. I don't know which one yet. <laughs> That's what I'll say. I, and they look really, really good. But, Love's only you. So here, tell me this, because this stat is so crazy. Like, last nine years, it's Chad Brown or yeah. International. That's it. It's one of the two in nine, last nine years. And that makes sense, right? Like, it does not surprise you, but which... Here's a, I just listed off pretty much all Internationals and Chad Brown. So which one is it? You know, with the Daria, we kind of caught lightning in the bo- in a bottle last year for sure, but she just hasn't been quite as good this year. So it, she has been a little worried. I don't think I'm going to go back to her. Uh, that Rogier horse uh, beat Adaria last time out. 
that horse looks pretty good. Uh, Loves Only You from Japan looks pretty damn good to me. I've decided on this one, but that, wow, another just fantastic group of European horses coming over for this race. Just, just tremendous. It really is. It, it's, I mean, take it. You got to think this, this trend is going to hold up because Chad Brown, both of those horses could win. The fact that you see, you know, you and I have been big pocket square believers from early on. And then we obviously, <laughs> cause that horse is like, you know, sucked, and then, well, you know, he, he admittedly, he's like, well, too quick, too, you know, went too fast with her, but to get her here, yeah. to have that confidence to bring her back here makes you interested, to say the least. If you've watched her last two races, she's pretty good in these last couple of starts, and if you were paying attention to the races she lost, it's not like she was running against shitty horses. Those horses were really good. I remember you texted me right after the Diana, and you're like, Pocket Square is terrible. She sucks. I was like, she got three, beat three links to, to some really good runners. Like, I, she's not great, but those horses are good oh. in that race. And she come back, and she's won two in a row really yeah. nicely. But again, the, you know what the problem is? She's against some really good yeah. runners again. <laughs> so, I don't I mean, know. you can look at it two different ways that – she got less class. She looked good, or she needed the confidence, needed to get better, just needed to do that. Now she's back in the big dogs, and she can hold her own. Yeah, because Althika, Summer Romance, Lost Signer, Daddy's a Legend, those kind of horses who who was beating her, uh, the Diana and the Just a Game. You got to remember, she went out the favor of the Just a Game, and then kind of backed off, went to Allowance, even dominated, went to the uh, Athena Grade Three, dominated. So, yeah, you wonder. And even if you read the quotes from Chad Brown, he's kind of been like, listen, I mean, I wasn't necessarily going to, you know, run her here. Like, that probably wasn't his idea after, especially after Diana, right? But he's like, what am I supposed to do? She keeps looking better and better. And obviously, there were high hopes. It's a, it's a Judd Ma horse and very, you know, a lot of high hopes with the horse to go straight from allowance and then straight to the just a game and then the diana so you got to think the hope the, the belief was there all along so there's, i'm just yeah. saying that that's uh she's interesting to say the least so and you know and then my Very, sister nat yeah. obviously uh, I, not as interesting not as interesting <laughs> but one that would piss you off badly you know because is this it's just like really yes. all year uh you know, until so, but no, I mean, it, I think that loves uh, loves only you. That Japanese horse is is very interesting too. A lot of Japanese interesting horses yep. this year. So uh, that'll be interesting yep. to see if interesting is the word, I guess tonight. It'll be it'll be cool to see if these horses <laughs> do anything. You know, if they can actually hold their own um, over here or not. What's the de- is love is love going to run over here? Turf, gonna though, run in right? the turf, not the juvenile, or not right. the uh, Philly mare. Gonna run in the, but, but, in the turf, yeah. But she is coming for sure, right? That's happening. Uh, that's that's the last I saw was yeah. uh, that she was gonna run in the turf. Um, yeah, which makes that turf race because love obviously has mm. has ability. Um, all right, yeah. Let's go to the next one up: the Qatar Racing Breeders' Cup Sprint. Twelve horses entered, pre-entered into here. Of course, CZ Rocket is entered here. Second preference is in the Dirt Mile, so imagine we'll see him here instead of the Dirt Mile. Uh, following C, Jackie's Warrior. That's the matchup, right? Because you have Jackie's Warrior, who's been dominant all year. Following C, got beat 
badly by Jackie's Warrior the last time they faced, but then he came back and looked awesome, and so people are going to say, wait, hang on a second. Falling Sea could upset him here. Hang on. Jackie's Warrior. Is he going to win? I think he just has to not fire if he does, you know? I mean, I just don't know that anybody's good enough to beat him. To me, Falling Sea is the biggest competition, and he beat the hell out of that horse at Saratoga. Uh, now, six furlongs, maybe a little bit different setup. Maybe Falling Sea can kind of turn the tables. Looked awfully good last time out, but I I, I look at, at Jackie's Warrior and say, you know what? It shows up, wins, just like life is good. I, I think both these horses are just elite. Uh, I don't think the older sprint division is very good this year. And I, and therefore I just think Jackie's warrior is going to get the job done as long as he shows up with his, his normal effort. I just, I, I, f- I find it hard to believe that following C could get just, you know, speed as bad as he did from uh, Jackie and then turn the tables on him here. I just, it just seems un- so unlikely for me to see that, um, but I guess it could happen. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, you know, Jackie's warrior that day, was uh, he just has been unflappable. Uh, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's just proven to be better than the, than the rest of these horses, especially the rest of the three-year-old sprinters, and that includes following C. I mean, there's no... I, I, to me, he's, he's right up there with the lock of life, with life is good. Well, I'll tell you what I really loved about Jackie's Warrior the last two starts. He was able to sit, well, the last three, I guess, actually. He was able to sit off the lead. That's the key to this race, right? Like, you don't see a gate-to-wire winner. Well, you, you, I think that was one of the trends, right? Gate-to-wire winners don't happen in this race very often. Mm-mm. But Jackie's Warrior has shown he can sit off of it. So I think that's, that's you know, that's the big thing, that, that one last dimension that we needed to see from him, and we've seen it. It is kind of amazing. It's a, one of the kind of the odd trend, most odd trends that we that we have is that just twice in the twenty three years of the sprint, a horse has won at gate to wire. Just twice. Um, you, you know, Whitmore came off the pace. Of course, Chance even Chance a lot couldn't hold off Matoli. You know, it it just doesn't hold for whatever reason. It's super weird, but uh, you got to think. I mean, it's happened, so it's not like it's like impossible, obviously, but. A horse that showed last time out, if he's gonna dominate, it's gonna be on the lead. I think following C goes. I think he puts it to tries to put it to Jackie's Warrior, and and we might see kind of like, like okay, well, if you want to go, we'll sit off, just like what happened in the uh, in the Jerkins. That's what I would do if I was riding, but thank God I'm not. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> we'll we'll see. Depending on what happens, you might wish you were. So I don't uh, think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, it's uh, I mean it. No matter what, like, this is going to be one. I mean, it's not, it's definitely not life is good, Jackie's Warrior, but I mean, it has a, it, it has the makings of, like, okay, like, you got beat, you do, got dominated by this horse last time out. Pletcher sending them back after dominating the next time out. Here we go again. Let's see. So I think yep. it, it makes for a good race, uh, even if it doesn't necessarily pan out to be as close as the last one, the Jerkins. All right, let's go to the, uh, FanDuel Breeders' Cup Mile. This is a massive field of twenty or twenty-four pre-entries, I should say. This <laughs> uh, talking about uh, internationals and Chad Brown. Chad Brown's got blowout in here. Of course, got Stormy, Casa Creed, 
hit the road, Mo Forza, Order on Sturgis out, um, uh, Raging Bulls, Food Like Straight. And then you got a bunch on the outside looking in, but shit, man, like, I guess Ivar would be in if Order Australia is not going to come. So, I, dude, I mean, we're this one, man, because like, a blowout to me is very interesting, like, but shit, it is this is a, you know, especially seeing Aiden O'Brien shipping over a few, uh, well, Mother Earth. Uh, of course, you've got uh, Applebee with Space Blues, a lot of internationals, dude. It's a crazy race. I, I, right now, I, I like I like Space Blues uh, replays. I, I've been looking at that horse. I think that's a really really nice horse. And again, another Appleby horse coming over here. Uh, you know, broken record there. Uh, gosh, I, I think I don't know. Mega Wall in this race. <laughs> it's just such a good race. I mean, uh, I could see seven or eight of them winning. This is going to be a down to the wire decision for me. And, and honestly, it's a decision that you <laughs> you won't feel good about ever. You know, no. like there, you won't go into this being like, "Yep, that's that." I feel good. I finally, get, you know, it's not your uni or whatever it is. Like you, you, it's one. It's tough uh, to, to jump in. And we were talking about riders to begin this show. And then Ricky said, "If Pratt jumps on blowout instead of Mo Forza, that will be telling." So things like that. We're in a race like this, so we talked about when it's close, yes, things like that will be a big determining factor. So that's yeah. kind of what you know. We were talking about, hey, how much of the guy do you have done this race? Very little because it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the draw and the riders and shit that's gonna matter in this race big time. And honestly, uh, Ricky, that's a that's one that I'm so like, if if Pratt because. Look, I, I even made mention of this last time before the first lady. It was like, listen, you know, Pratt's back aboard. He's rode this ridden this horse um, two previous and ran rode really really well. Damn near won one of them and won the last, the next one. He's gonna be tough, and of course, he he just is so good on the front end with her. If he chooses her over Mo Forza, I might be on that boat. I mean, I just because it's just tough to tough to ignore something like that. Where Pratt goes, mm-hmm. I might follow. Uh, yeah. You know, if that's not a bad way to go if you're looking at what, which horse to bet on the in a race like this. Yeah, for sure. It's it's. I mean, in wide international jockeys pick wide horses. That's that's gonna be big, too. Yeah, uh, Michael says all. It worked out it worked well last year for yeah. him. Yeah, Order of Australia, huge. There you price. go. Yeah, so I mean, it might it might be an all race, yeah, especially yeah. considering how chalky some of these other legs are going to get in the sequence. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it really you can. That's the thing. That's that's the the the, the amazing part and the and the difficult part about the Breeders' Cup. You can come up with any of these really um, in a race like this. Come up with an angle and you can get there with one of these horses. It's not tor- terribly hard to do. I mean, they're in the Breeders' Cup. They they're good enough, right? Um, in a race like this, it seems so evenly matched. So don't let the price or, you know, even if you're wanting the price and, and, uh, and the Pratt jumps up off, it's like, well, I mean, if you really like whoever Mo Forza and I mean, Mo Forza won't be a price, but, um, the point is like, you can make some money in a race like this. It seems wide open space blues. I'm with you. That horse looks really good. And of course, Appleby coming over, which worked well. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, worked okay i guess so yeah this one to me 
out of all of them, is pro other than maybe one or two of the juvenile races, definitely the one on Saturday that I'm most like yep. kind of <laughs> I don't want to say clueless, but slightly clueless. All right, yeah. let's go to the uh, the distaff. This is a field of eleven. Probably going to be a field of eleven uh, shapes up, and really it comes down to Latruska. This is one of the big. I feel like everyone likes to try to beat her every time she runs. They don't because she wins every time. Uh, but Latruska in here going to be the favorite. But you're going to have you're going to have a few in here. Clary Air, Dunbar Road, Rologist, Blue Stripe. As time goes by, uh, Malathot. Uh, Mar the Japanese horse, Marchi Lorraine, Private Mission, Royal Flag, and of course, Brad Cox has got She Dares the Devil. Uh, this, uh, you know, as much as I, I, I like Latrusca and I've been kind of in her corner trying to defend her against you, I, I'm starting to I'm starting to tap my brakes a little bit with her just because I, I feel like there's a, lot, there's a lot of speed in here that's going to test her and there's a lot of horses that I think could close better than us than she's faced in the past that's the key if somebody gets to her early and softens her up like what happened up at saratoga and you've got malathot and she dares the devil behind her instead of you know i guess dunbar road might still be behind her in this race but i don't care about that i mean you know what i mean like she could have got beat at saratoga that day uh, and again i I try to go against her first half of the year. I've been with her ever since, uh, I think, that race at Belmont. You know, she's won three in a row easy. I've been on her every time. Not to brag. I mean, shit, who wouldn't be, right? But we saw her get softened up in Saratoga. If she gets softened up here, she's got a shot to lose. So I think the pace is going to be key. Can private mission press her? And so at the distaff and then the classic both, I think it hinges on what the Baffert horse is going to do. And in this one, if Private Mission can press, I think it sets it up for a Malathot, for a She Dares the Devil, that that type of horse. Maybe even a Clarier who keeps running better and better with each start. Yeah, no, that's that's just it. You know, like it just feels like she keeps getting this a little bit better and a little bit better. And if she were to, to, to finally, you know, break through this, it would be a hell of a time to, to not have her, right? So mm -hmm. uh, I wanted to point out a comment here that Nick, uh, I think it was Nick Feldman, yeah, confirmed today that Joel Rosario was going to be on blowout. Okay. So I was just kind of double-checking it, no offense, uh, Nick, but it does look like he is. Joel Rosario will be on blowout uh, in the miles. So, yeah, I mean, he's on this Jackie's Warrior in the sprint, of course, but there's your answer in terms of Pratt. You know, he's stating he's not, he's not switching over, so... Uh, yeah. So just there you go. So Pratt will not be on uh, blowout, which I mean I can't I can't be on blowout anymore because I love Pratt that much. Uh, all right, I agree. I mean, I, Malathot to me is who I'm leaning on the most. I've always liked Malathot, and just you know she's a nose or whatever it was away from being unbeaten, and you got to think this pace is gonna be so red hot that. Man, they're gonna be. She's like the one that's just gonna keep. She's not like she's not gonna come flying, but she's just gonna keep coming. She's gonna keep coming. She's gonna keep coming. If the pace is hot, it might be set up really nice for her. I think it might. I think it's very interesting. I think it's gonna be a very interesting race. Uh, 
you know, this is why this is where you could get into some trouble. Like if you're trying to make up reasons to beat horses, and it's just like, well, shit, Latrusco has been better than these horses all year. I don't feel like we're doing that though. I think we're using logic. I think we're using what we've seen at Saratoga when she did kind of start to slow down and just nobody behind her could go get her. I think if that thing happens again, she can get beat in the spot, but we'll see. I mean, she's been so damn good. She's the champion older female, no matter what happens here. Yeah, no. Uh, Charles says it's the only single on the card, Latruska for him. Well, so, I mean, there you go. That's the thing. She like, has the ability to make us all, yeah, if you're trying to beat her, and she has a very, like, she, and she's done it to me, she's done it to you. Like, we've been on the right side of her, we're trying to beat her. She makes you look stupid if, if, if she could. I mean, she's definitely that kind of horse. So, mm-hmm. uh, all right, two, two to go here in the Breeders' Cup. Let's go to the Breeders' Cup turf. Uh, obviously, going to be a full field here. 20, 22 horses. Uh, pre-entered but i mean the biggest thing here is Tarnala comes back to try to defend her title here in this race rock emperor love we talked about guffo domestic spending you know pratt's gonna ride domestic spending right so uh acclimate astronaut uh you know the, i get mentioned love love loves only you which i don't know if which one is loves only you uh First preference, so it probably won't be in this one, be in the Philly Mare Turf. Yep. Uh, let's see, Tarnala, second preference in the Philly, second preference, so first preference. So Love's Only You would probably be Channel Canada, second preference. So Love's Only You would probably be the only one. I think, did I see that Imperador is out? Yes, Imperador is out. Yeah, so there's gonna that's going to bump up Japan um, if Japan is coming. Or Trubovin, is Trubovin running? Uh, well, they're hoping, but I mean that's we'll the that's the plan. Okay, so yeah. I haven't really talked to you about this race much. How much are you still on Tarnala after last year? I gotta stick with her because here's the difference. I I, I was on uh, Adaria uh, and Tarnala last year. They both won. Tarnala has been fantastic this year, right? Where Adaria just hasn't. Tarnawa won her debut this year, was second in a race where she absolutely should have been first, was herded the entire length of the stretch, still almost won, got beat by a very good horse. And then last time out in the arc was second by three quarters of length, uh, a length in a bog uh, of a mess of a track. It rained all day that day. Technically, this would be a class drop from the arc. I mean, the arc's one of the toughest races, uh, uh, you know, if not the toughest on the turf in the whole world. Yeah. I think if she brings her A game, I just think she's a lot better than the rest of these. Well, I shouldn't say a lot. I just think she's better than the rest of these horses. But I don't think you can go as short as we did uh, last year. You know, you got you to remember domestic spending at one time we thought was the best horse in the country. Uh, so I think I think he makes, a, you know, still, still makes sense here. Walton Street came over here at, up to Woodbine and just looked amazing uh, in a turf race up there. So, there's some tough ones here, right? I mean, there's 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 some shots you're gonna you're gonna have have to take here uh, against Tarnawa, but I still kind of lean her. Yeah, I mean that's uh, the, the the Walton Street man has me. That horse when that horse won like that, you thought, oh gosh, that horse is like you're gonna see that horse in the turf for sure. Um, oh yeah, I know this one to me. Is not, I don't, we don't, you know, last year it was like, hey, turn on a magical boom, lock them up, that's it. I don't, I'm, I, I really want 
I really want to press domestic spinning. I'll be interested to see what, what kind of morning line we get on domestic spinning here, what kind of odds we might see. With all these horses coming in, like horses like Walton Street and, of course, Tarnawa, I mean, you're going to get a fair price on domestic if you believe, right? Mm-hmm. I just... I mean, you would think you're going to get six to one. Maybe. And that's another one that just, you know, he... Uh, we, I mean, we we were so high on him uh, back in you know July, August, really, I guess, till he got beat um, in the Mister D, and then we haven't seen him since, and he's been training like constantly. So I mean, the plan, but it's just I don't like that either. You know that I know it's been a horse that has he's had trouble staying healthy and and kind of keeping on the track. So there's clearly a plan there in terms of. We wanted to get him to the Breeders' Cup and make sure he's good, and that's just why they've done this route. But you don't like coming in off of the, when is that, like, you know, two-and-a-half-month layoff and, you know, gotten beat, got beat that last, you know, the last race. It, it makes it a little a little dicey. Now, you have to you have to like that he's won at Del Mar as well. That's a, that's a, that's a plus. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's still a lot to like about him. Um Gosh, at the end of the day, you know, you might you might think about it if that if that morning line and, and that projected price that you think you're going to get is is high enough. But you know, uh, Tarnawa versus domestic spinning at his best, I, I think Tarnawa was a little bit better. You know, I think the way you beat her in this race is get in front of her early. I think if they're both running from the same spot, I think Tarnawa was just a little bit faster. I really do. I think she's going to close pretty strongly here. Uh, now Walton Street can sit a lot closer, so that is an interesting one to me. Maybe he gets a jump on these other international. Yeah, and like horses. Kevin said, there's going to be pace in this race. So um, unlike the yeah. Arlington race where he didn't. Now I hate to use that excuse with really good horses, but it was an excuse, so to speak. So I mean, to get beat by two Emmys, I don't care how much of a pace advantage he had. I mean, that's that was kind of the thing I felt about that race, but. Still, I mean, the, the the pace will be there, but the pace will be there, like Altman said, for a lot of these, you know, um, <laughs> yep. like Tornala as well. So we'll see. I, I keep feeling the urge to put to pick domestic spinning, but again, this is the whole point. We're we're I, especially me because Altman's really dove into these. I've looked at them a little bit, but I haven't dove into them. So I've I I, I wait to make my final decision until later. Uh, I'll probably go through that this weekend. Uh, to make the final selections from at least for me, and then I'll kind of phone, you know, go through it on Wednesday right before we release it, and make any changes. But this race again, I mean, I have I I have some thoughts on who I'm wanting to use, but how you how you decipher that into like a race like this? How you decipher say five or six horses that you like in the turf and turn that into your top three is almost impossible. I mean, it's almost like playing the lottery in these turf races. So yep. it just goes to show you how, how difficult it is sometimes to hit some of these tries and supers and um, things like that. So, all right, let's go to the main event. Of course, no, definitely no surprises in the Breeders' Cup Classic. Ten horses entered here. Soleta Boy does second preference in the dirt mile. Who cares? Uh, our collector, Essential Quality, Express Train, Hot Rod Charlie, Idol, Nick's Go, Max Player, Medina Spirit, Stiletto Boy, Triple E. That is your field of ten pre-entered essential quality of course for brad cox and then brad cox has the favorite nick's go likely favorite nick's go nick's go essential quality hot rod medina 
This is it, man. This is uh, what we've been waiting for. I mean, have you gotten any closer to firming up your thoughts on this race yet? Well, I mean, I think we were talking about this a little bit earlier. The the thing that just is really frustrating is you got Medina Spirit, and can he press Nick's go? How will Medina Spirit show up in this race? What will he do? What are Baffert horses going to do? And oh, by the way, he's probably the key to, for anybody to win is Medina Spirit, right? Because I don't think Hot Rod Charlie is going to press Nick's go. I, I just don't think that's going to happen. Well, that leaves Medina Spirit, and I think he's capable of pressing him. Um, how long he can do that is going to be really interesting. I, I, the pace makes the race more than ever. This this is the the case. If Nick's go gets out by himself, it's over. Hmm. And I, they could go three miles. It's over. He's not going to fade if he's out by himself and he gets the trip that he's been getting. Can he get it? Uh, that's that's the key to it. I still think essential quality will be the one that's going to be awfully tough, and I think Hot Rod Charlie can be as well if he gets softened up. But Medina Spirit's got a job to do. And oh, by the way, Medina Spirit and Bob Baffert are trying to win this race too. And is the best strategy to win the race go head-to-head with Nick's go? Uh, probably not. So it's a very complicated situation from a pace standpoint. The thing that's, the thing that's wild to me is, yes, Nick's go is trying to go longer than he's ever gone. He's never attempted a mile and a quarter in his career. Of course, he's been really good at a mile and eighth. Six in six two turn races that Bob, uh, or Bob Baffert, that <laughs> tomato tomato, that Brad Cox yeah. has that Brad Cox has trained him. Uh, he's six for six, two turn races, six for six with Brad Cox. So to me, even though he is stretching out to a mile and a quarter, you know we've alluded to this many times. It's something that with the way this horse tur- makes his turns, how how easily he does it extends leads in the turns, makes them almost impossible to beat. Impossible to beat if you really want to go down to it, I guess, in two turns. Um, I just keep going back to that. And and it, I just, I kind of feel like we're going to see a repeat of the Pegasus, you know, of the Whitney, uh, you know, like just like where it's just he goes. There's all this talk about who's gonna pressure him, who's gonna, you know, who's gonna, Swiss guy ever gonna do it, or who's gonna go up, go up with him, and then he's like, well, no one did because they can't, and this one might get dicier. I don't know because of it being longer, but I just feel like, and we've even said this after races where we, you know, we watched him in person. It's like I don't know if they would have ran two times around they were ever catching Nick's go because he just kind of has, even though it, you know what I mean? Like he just can continue, feels like he can continue going. If he gets the trip, it won't get dicey. I, I, I'm very confident in that. You know, um, he runs very fast early, and he can still run fast late. And you know, you can speculate how he does that <laughs> if you want. It's not natural, you wouldn't think, but uh, it's the truth. And, and and you know, the the biggest thing, and we've talked about it on the show a lot, and we'll talk about it again. He just runs that first turn something fierce, you know. Horses will be next to him, and then when he gets routed that turn and into the backstretch, he's five and six ahead. He just buries horses. I mean, if he can do that here, I don't know how you beat him. I really don't. Um, but I just feel like somebody will go with him. I mean, my God, you look at this race, it's like somebody's got to sin. You can't just let him walk the dog. So, 
I don't know. I, I, so surely somebody will, right? We, we say that and then, you know, nobody went with authentic last year and look what happened. Yeah, so exactly. Um, and, and even like you look back at, uh, oh gosh, I guess it was a San Felipe, you know, Medina spirit had been very, you know, again, that's a long time ago. Um, not that long, but long enough. Medina spirit, you know, very fast horse then gets in there with him with life is good. I should say, I'm sorry. In the San Felipe, and he can't touch that, you know. And he finished second, and he just kind of went around the track behind. Life is good, and and maybe that's an overdramatic kind of. And he's obviously a different horse now uh, than he was in the San Felipe, but maybe he can't quite touch Nixco. You know what? That's a really good point I hadn't thought about because you know who else he couldn't touch in the San Anita Derby? Rock your world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, speed. Like he might be fast, but he may not be um, that fast in terms of some of these speed, speed, speed. You know, obviously, that horse was a freak that day in the Rocker World. Rocker World, by the way, coming running on the turf on Sunday. Um, oh, cannot wait. Cannot wait. You set your clocks for that one. Um, I'm, I'm going to get up real early and handicap that race tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't know about this one, this comment, Charles, about Nixco doesn't ship well. It, <laughs> He's ran everywhere, like literally everywhere. And the six starts that I just referred to that he ran in two turns, I think all six were at different tracks. Uh, I was say, what, what do you want him to do? Like he, he Okay, so since Brad Cox, the six two-turn races I was referring to, Oaklawn, Keeneland, Gulfstream, Prairie Meadows, Saratoga, Churchill. There's six. <laughs> <laughs> Now, some of them he didn't ship, I guess. Churchill, he wouldn't have shipped. Um, but still, well, like, the horse ships just fine. Shipped to Gulfstream just fine. He uh, shipped to Iowa. He shipped to Saratoga. He shipped to Gulfstream. Uh, let's see, Oakland would have been home, Keeneland home, and Churchill home. Yeah. So, But he shipped and won the Pegasus, the Whitney, and, and the, the illustrious Cornhusker Handicap. Okay, you can maybe draw a line <laughs> But shipped and won two pretty big races and shipped the week of the race for both of them as well. So I don't think that's going to be a problem. What do you make of, because there's really two non, well, not really two, his only two non-efforts necessarily were the Saudi Cup and the Met Mile. So the Met Mile, you could say, blame the, uh, you know, blame the, the, uh, the one turn if you want. The the Saudi Cup, I guess, is that I know I've heard Brad say you got they got you know got a little too greedy there, wanted to run off the Pegasus. Is that the excuse you have there? I mean, is is because I mean that's we always say he's all or nothing. Well, he's really been almost all this whole time. He's only been nothing twice, and then one of them was you can make an excuse for the one the one turn. What about the Saudi Cup? Well, Saudi Cup was one turn. That's a one turn mile and an eighth. So, that's right. It was, wasn't it? I mean, that's that's just what it is. Listen, I feel like I feel like I know this horse is so well at this point, and you he was ahead, uh, it, it, you know, in in not getting pressured really and going kind of slow in the Met Mile. And what did I I looked at you and what did I say? I said we're fucked. He has no chance. Look at him. He he's not into his stride at all. I, I will, and you said it at the Whitney, you pointed at like a, a tower over right on the backstretch right after you make the turn. You go, we'll know when he hits that tower if he's going to win or not. And we knew. It's just, it's just sometimes, it, well, in the two races that he's lost under Cox, he never got into that 
nice, easy flow, you know, that just that nice, easy stride gallop. He's got it. Like, that was the thing. Like, at Iowa, people like, it's Iowa. Who cares? It's like, okay, yeah, but did you see how he ran? Did you see that nice, easy stride? I don't care who was behind him. They weren't ever going to catch him, and he backed that up in the Whitney, you know? So um, it, that's just what it is. Can he get out there, and can he get in that nice, easy, unbothered stride? And if he does, the race is over. No, nobody nobody will catch him if that's what happens. And I don't. Again, go three miles if you want. They're not going to catch him if he gets into that gallop. It's over. So someone that can maybe try to limit that, I don't know. Steve says uh, our collector is giving him Vino Rosso vibes this year at 12 to 1. Uh, Got to bet him. So can our collector put any pressure on Nick's go? Yeah, possibly. I really like our collector. I, I, I think you know that, uh, you know, and I think people that have listened for the past year know that I really like our collector. <sighs> My fear with him is he needs that on the lead type of trip or at least real close to it. I don't think he's fast enough to get there. And I don't think he's going to be enough of a threat coming from out of it. Like Vino Rosso could come from out of it and make that big sweeping move, right? I don't think Art Collector has that kind of move in him. And so, therefore, I'm, I don't think I can bet him in this race. I do like him, though, as a horse. I don't think he can do it either. I think he's one of those horses that would just unbelievably dramatically be beaten into the ground by by trying to keep up with Nick's go. Sometimes it's kind of like, how does does that sound right? When you say it like art collector won the breeder's cup classic. (laughs) I just, I can't get there. Speaking of, and you know, the big, the bigger races he's been in, he's gotten beats. Speaking of that, can you say hot rod, Charlie won the breeder's cup classic at the beginning of the year? I would have said no, but right now. Yeah. I certainly can say that with a straight face. I mean, he just gets better and better. Him and Essential both just get better and better. I mean, can you? I mean, I, I trust me. I want to use him. I I want him to win because I like the horse. Um, but to, you know, can he get past? You know, he's got to get through Essential Quality. Yes, he got beat by, or he did beat him in the Kentucky Derby, but they both lost that day. Um, Belmont, of course, he got beat by such a quality. He's got to get back in, but he's also got to try to deal with the likes of a Nick's Go, a horse that he's never faced the likes of. It, it's a lot to ask. Now, he does keep getting better, though. Um, so, yeah, I think he could do it. I just think he's up against it a little bit in terms of how good is he, especially when he's not in the lead. Yeah. Like, I think he's good off the... Like, he's very... He's versatile. He's shown it. But... On the lead, I think he's super dangerous, and I don't know if he can actually do that in the. You know, if if I if you point to that same spot like I I pointed to it in the Whitney, and we hit that spot, and it's Hot Rod Charlie and Nick's go kind of right at each other. That's that's worrisome for both of them. Yeah, it's gonna be bad. It's gonna be like the you'll just follow the marks because the, the track is on fire. Yeah, and that's how the, the you know and then, of course and they're sitting there at such a quality saying thanks guys I got this here a little bit no worries. Yeah, yeah, I, and, and you know my biggest thing with I guess not thing but my biggest problem with Hot Rod it's like 
God, yeah, he's really good, and yeah, he's doing a lot of good stuff, but so is essential quality. And, you know, when those two kind of went head-to-head uh, at the Belmont, essential quality got the best of them. Uh, but the big thing is uh, Hot Rod as is that tactical speed. And, and on a track that plays usually to horses that are kind of closer, that could be the, the equalizer. It could. You never know. I mean, these horses, uh, you know, especially these three-year-olds have been so good this year and maybe they're saving with this you know they've had hard campaigns you know these three-year-olds have been yep. you know, battling each other and you know and three-year-olds don't win this race a lot but they have lately and they've all been with bob baffert and that's medina spirit of course if he goes and win this wins this like i am I, you guys need to all get on board with this okay because you need to mentally prepare yourself for what is po- very possibly going to happen, and that's Medina Spirit winning the classic. I'm I'm not okay with it. I've accepted it. You need to get on board with this because I think it's 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 very likely. I do. I think it's very likely that Medina Spirit could win. God, it's just a sickening thought. It is. But it's I don't want to be sitting there at Del Mar thought. thinking, "Oh my gosh, like Bob Baffert, this fucker did it again." But and I will think that. Don't get me wrong, but. I, it just seems like it's very possible. I just can't, I can't get mentally prepared for that. <laughs> it'll break me if that happens. <laughs> it'll break me mentally. Oh <laughs> uh, well, I mean, listen. I think you use them defensively. You have to. I'm not picking him to win on top. I just can't. Um, but I think you have to prepare. You you do need to prepare yourself. And you need to, yeah, exactly. See, you learned your lesson. Now easing authentic and derby and adding them to the classic. There you go. The problem, the problem with that, like authentic, you felt like, damn, like that's just a good horse. This horse, I know, just never felt he was that good. Although his last race at Santa Anita was sharp. It It was was really sharp. It it was really, uh, really good actually. So, yeah, and more than anything, it just feels a little. I don't know. Just feels a little too. I want. It's definitely not too good to be true. It's. It feels like it's so shitty of a thing that could happen, that it's gonna. You know that Bob Baffert. He'll lose every race of the of the the Breeders' Cup, and he'll get here with him, and he'll win, and he'll give you some bullshit answer in the in the press yeah. conference about how they really. I thought all along this is my best chance at the Breeders' Cup, and I, I really love this sport. Yeah, it's okay. We got it, Bob. So um, can't wait for that. We'll be there. We can we can ask him a question maybe. So um, I know you'll be itching to do that. Right now, final thoughts. We obviously don't. I mean, we are still finalizing everything. Of course, the entries don't come out until uh, Monday with the post positions coming out after that, nods and all that good stuff. So stay tuned for that. If you haven't gotten Wager Guide, go get it. Be ready for that to come out. Halterman, before we wrap this up, final thoughts on, on the classic. Anything, where are you leaning at? Are you le- is essential quality your pick as of now? As of now, but the more I the more and more I go, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna go Nick's go. You know, <laughs> I just feel like he just might be elite on that front end. But yeah, right now I I, I have essential quality as a top pick, but that's not close to being finalized. Yeah, I'm 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 more on the I'm definitely. I'm like seventy uh, percent Nick's go right now. I'll put it that mm. way. That's that's where I'm at. I, I just the, the the plus side is I'll know if I want to cash a ticket very early in the race. You know, I'll be either cussing at you, um, 
you know, we like you say, the Met Mile, you knew it pretty early that wasn't happening, and yeah. uh, you knew it in the Whitney, of course. So, yeah. Uh, do you need, this might be a good question for for Magic, but Michael wants to know anything anything you've seen with Santin and Del Mar surfaces uh, differing, liking one or the other. Have you ever like if you noticed ever anything that stands out to you? I mean, I think the dirt plays very similar. You know, I really do. I think the turf is a little bit different, uh, but it's not a, it's not going to make a huge difference in breeders cup races. That, that, that's my biggest thing. Uh, every year it's like, Oh, they're at Keeneland. This, this, this is going to happen. Oh, we're, we're, wherever we're at Santa Anita. We're at Del Mar. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe when we get there, we'll see a bias on Thursday when it starts. It's strong enough to consider that, but you know, overall, I don't think it's going to make much of a difference, you know, what the track's like. All right. Those are your pre-entries. Of course, we'll be all over this uh, the next, uh, well, be look on the lookout. We have a ton of uh, preview videos coming out on the website at racedudes.com. Of course, so go on our YouTube page. Go check out all these detailed analysis between you, myself, and so much Magic. We'll all be doing previews for all these races. Again, we'll be at, we'll be live at the Breeders' Cup, so there'll be tons of co- live content coming your way. We'll be doing, you know, uh, nightly kind of recaps of what we saw. Ton, I mean, just I hope you get your sleep this week. We know how it goes. Like we're pros at this now. You know, the sleep doesn't happen at the Breeders' Cup. Um, I think I the my record for the longest non-sleep of my life was at a Breeders' Cup once, or actually getting getting to the Breeders' Cup. You remember that? Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was Keelan. You guys finally were like, dude, you look like shit. You need to go <laughs> to sleep. Because it had been like a, you know, working on the guy like all night, the one night before. Then we got a flight the next day real early and I just stayed up. And then I stayed up all that day. And then the next day it was like, okay, it literally about killed me. So, all right. Yeah. Uh, stay tuned. Obviously next week, tons of content. Those are your pre-entries for the Breeders' Cup. <laughs> So all the time we have to check us out at racingnews.com for our free picks and our premium selections on our products page. Click the Get Racing News Premium button on the menu at racingnews.com to learn more. Remember to go check out that all-inclusive wagering guide for the 38th Annual Breeders' Cup World Championships, November 5th and 6th. That's next Friday and Saturday at Del Mar. You'll get handicapping articles from us. Of course, 14 Breeders' Cup World Championship races will be included in this. Uh, you get full previews, you get race analysis, betting suggestions, multi-race plays, everything you want for the entire two days of racing Friday and Saturday at Del Mar. You'll also get live bankroll plays. So we talked about it earlier. How, I mean, literally we'll be, we're, we're betting every single ticket we put on the guide in the bankroll article. We will be betting those. So you can follow along with us. We'll give you exactly the layout of how we're going to do this. And that's the whole point of sticking to a strategy. If you're betting tournaments, Samich has got you covered. Mike Samich will be doing a BCBC uh, tournament strategy. Kind of a guy, kind of horses he's looking at, horses he's kind of looking at as far as making splashes, long shots, whatever. That will be included in the guide as well. Of course, top four consistent picks from all of us guys yep. at Racing and Girls. One girl, Dr. Miranda, will be included uh, this year as well. Uh, from all the guys at RacingDudes.com. Go check out the Magic Mike show. I believe they did kind of a similar show where they just kind of talked Breeders' Cup. I don't say I believe. I actually watched. Me, me, Cohen, and, and Cooper were watching earlier today. I don't. I apparently, I had nothing to do. So, oh, um, say wow. I know. Well, I had one of the the backgrounds there, and I had I I just threw it on while they were <laughs> while they were going, and uh, literally like took twenty minutes, and and my magic was like, oh look, 
Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but no. Um, so yeah, they did the, they just kind of did the open, open mic, as you will, of the Breeders' Cup and let people ask. And so if you want more thoughts, go make sure you go check out the Magic Mike show. Again, we're all over the place. We're on at Race Underscore Dudes on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We'll be doing live content all over the board. Go check us out on YouTube, our YouTube page. Just search Racing Dudes on YouTube. All over, tons of content for the Breeders' Cup. We've got you covered. Go get the wagering guide. Go get the 14 trends guide. Stay tuned. Tons of content. Uh, any final thoughts, Halterman, for you? Because the next time we touch on these guys, that sounds weird. The next time we come back to you guys, I won't be touching any guy. Okay. Uh, what? Any final thoughts for next week? I'm just going to stay quiet and say thanks, everybody, for watching. <laughs> You're not touching guys at the Breeders' Cup? No. <laughs> Well, my wife's coming. Hey, that's you know what? Heather's coming. So, uh, you guys, uh, you know, that say drinks on us and everything, you'll get to meet Heather as well. So, she's, he she's never, she hasn't been to a Breeders' Cup since Zenyatta. How about that? No, that's not true. She went to Santa Anita a couple times. That's not true. No, because yeah. she was at, she got, she took, she cashed in on Take Charge of Brandy. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. She but was, that, but but that was a hot minute ago. That was long. That was a long time ago, man. So long um, time ago. Yeah, yeah. So she will be buying actually. So we won't be buying. Right. She will be yes. buying. Yeah. Um. Oh, dude, Michael, the Tinder subscription will be. It'll be solid. Don't worry about that. I'm interested in how the Del Mar situation is. So we'll see. Um. You know. I've went to Del Mar with single guys before, and they did pretty well. There was a train basically coming through the Airbnb <laughs> the whole time we were there. So. Well, I think I'm the only single guy, right, there. So yeah. uh, you guys can all, of course, Heather will be there. So I can't, you know, we got to be, I got to be a little, a little careful be because she'll, you know, she'll give me shit. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit, man! All right, yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be a good time, and yeah. So make sure you guys check us out, uh, racingjuice.com. If you're gonna be there, if you're lucky enough to be there, hopefully you hit us up as well. We'll have some drinks. That's really what ties the whole Brewers Cup around for us is drinks. Well, so. here's the deal: we work extremely long hours that week, and by the time that first race goes off Friday, most of the work is done. And especially Saturday, so we definitely let loose a little bit on Friday and Saturday for sure. And 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 yeah. literally to the, it's like if we're if we have Ubers or we have people you know we're with like we're in the car we're like working in the car we're you know until we like literally step foot on the track it's like okay take a breath. Yeah. And there's been a few times this year where the site you know the big big, big days with sites crash for a bit, so we've been like panicked and stressed, and it's just like. So by the time you see us holding a drink at whatever event, it's like, okay, we can we can rest easy. It's time to party. So Yeah. Um, by about the Philly and Mare turf on Saturday, I will be very relaxed. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> because it'll all kind of be over as far as our, our work goes. Yep. Alright, so make sure you guys stay, you know, keep an eye on everything we're putting out here for the uh, the Breeders' Cup racing dudes. We'll have it all, everything you want for the Breeders' Cup. And uh, until next time, guys, I'm Jared Welch. He's Aaron Altman. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your
all of your bets. RacingDudes.com, as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com, for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com, for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com, for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com, as good as it gets. <laughs>